Yecheskel chapter 17. Vahidvar Hashem, Eloi Leimor, Ben Adam. Chut Chida, Umishol Moshol, El Beit Yisrael. Yecheskel is called out by God in the second verse. Chud Chida, Umishol Moshol. Chud Chida, propound a riddle. Umishol Moshol, and relate an allegory. So we're told at the beginning of this chapter that the chapter contains a riddle and an allegory. Mishol Mashal. Yechesku is accused at one point in the book of one who tells stories. He's one who tells allegories or parables. He's a Moshel Mishalim. In this chapter, he's instructed to do two things. To pose a riddle and a parable. So the chapter should contain both a riddle and a parable. So it begins with the following. In verse number three, V'yamarta, Ko'amar Hashem Elohim, Hanesher HaGadol, Gadol HaKnafayim, Erech HaEver, Morei HaNotza, Asherol HaRikma, Ba'el HaVanon, Vayikach Et Samaret HaAres. Ed Rosh Yilikotov Katav, Vayiviyel Eretz Kenan, B'yirochim Samo, Vayikach Mizera Aretz Vayitneo B'stei Zera, Kach HaMayim Rabim Tzafzafa Samo, Vayitzmach V'yichu Gefen Sorachat, Shifrat Koma, I'll translate that. Not easy language. Cheskel's language often is quite difficult. The great eagle with great wings and long pinions, full plumage, brilliant colors, came to the Lebanon range and seized the top of the cedar. Plucked off its topmost bough, carried it off to the land of traders, set it in a city of merchants took some of the seed of the land, planted it in a fertile field. He planted and set it like a willow beside abundant waters. It grew and became a spreading vine of low stature. It became a vine, produced branches, set out boughs. He had intended that his twig should turn to him, and its roots should stay under him. So the great eagle has planted a vine. Again, we come with a vine. But this vine is of low stature. The intention of the eagle is that the roots should stay under him. But twigs should turn to the eagle. The twigs should turn to the... That was the intention. But now, in verse number 7, there's another eagle. Vayhi nesher echad gadol, gadol kenafayim, rav notzah, v'nei hagefen azot, kofno shorashe olav, do yotov shilcharo, rashkot otah meyarugot mata'ah. El sole tov omayim rabim hishtura, rasot anaf rasay peri. There was another eagle. And this eagle came, bent its roots in its direction. The vine bends its roots in the direction of the second eagle, sends out its twigs towards him, that he might water it more than the bed where it was planted. Though it was planted in rich soil, beside abundant water, so it might grow noble branches and produce boughs and be a noble vine. That is the parable. So there are two eagles. The first one plants it. It's of low stature. The first eagle has hopes for the vine. Then a new eagle comes around, and the vine decides to turn its bows to the new eagle. It thinks it's going to be better. It was planted, however, in rich soil by the first eagle. And now, in verse number 9, Emor, Koamar Hashem Elohim, Titzrach, Halowet Shorashei Yinatek, Viet Priyayi Koseis Viyavesh, Kortapetzim Chatibash, Lo bezera gedolo v'yamra v'lumasot ota mishar rasheha. 
הנה שדורה התצרח, רואו כי גד ברוח קודים תיבש ירוש, ארוגות שמחה תיבש, says God, will it thrive? Will he not tear out its roots, referring to the first eagle, and rip off its crown? Its entire foliage will wither? It will wither, despite any strong arm or mighty army that may come to remove it from its roots. And suppose it is transplanted, will it thrive? When the east wind strikes it, it will wither, wither upon the bed where it is growing. So the first eagle will not permit this vine to turn its bows to the second eagle. And now, what is this related to? So in verse 11, we have an explanation. Speak to the rebellious house. So the reference, says God, don't you know what the reference is? The reference, presumably, is to Tzitkiel the king. Tzitkiel the king made a treaty with the Babylonians. Actually, in the book of Chronicles, it says that he swore an oath to the uh, Babylonian king. Here it talks about a covenant. He made a covenant with the Babylonian king. And the idea was that Tzitkiel can remain a king, but a low-level king, a humble kingdom, because the great king is the Babylon. But he permits the Tzitkiel to be a king, to be a kingdom. And now, in verse number 15, Vayim Rodbo, but Tzitkiel rebelled against the Vuchanetzah. How did he rebel against the Vuchanetzah? He sent messengers to Egypt. They give him horses. That's what the Torah says you shouldn't do. Don't go to Egypt to get horses. Tzitkiel turns to Mitzrayim. Is that going to work? Can that possibly work? He violated the covenant. Can he possibly escape? Of course not. And the text continues, of course not. As I live, declares God, in the very homeland of the king who made him king, whose oath he flouted, and whose covenant he broke, right there in Babylon he shall die. He will die in Babel, which Tzitkiel does. He's captured, he's blinded, he's taken to Babylon. So the clear, the mashal over here is clear. The two eagles are the king of Babylon and the Egyptian king. The vine is Israel, the low-level vine is Israel. And the vine has turned towards a foreign king, another king. So we took an oath of allegiance to the first king, that's clear. But now we come to verse number 19. But suddenly, in verse number 19, assuredly says God, as I live, that's an oath, I swear says God, I will pay him back for flouting my pact and breaking my covenant. And suddenly, 
this riddle and parable has a second meaning. The first meaning is it's a violation of an oath made to the king of Babylon. But the second meaning of it, the parable, is that it refers not only to the king of Babylon, maybe not even primarily to the king of Babylon, but refers primarily to an oath, to a covenant that was broken, not with Babel, but rather with God. And that God will seek out the punishment of the king of Israel, probably Tzidkiyahu, but not for violating a pact with the Buchanetzer, but violating a pact with God. Ma'alo Hashem Ma'albi for the trespass. We've seen that language earlier. It's language from the Torah. It's found in the book of Ayikra and elsewhere. Ma'alo, a trespass, a transgression against God. And now, at the end of the chapter, beginning in verse 22, Ko Amar Hashem Elokim, Lokachti Ani Mitzamer to Erez Haramah, V'natati Meirosh Yonko Tov Rachach Tov, V'shatati Ani Al Hargavor V'tolur, P'hamorom Yisrael Eshtolenu, V'nasa Anaf V'yasa Peri, V'yori Erez Adir, V'shachdu Tachtov, Kol Tzipor Kol Kanaf, V'tzel Doriotov Tishkona. The surprising ending to the chapter. The rebellion was primarily the breaking of the covenant was with me, says God. But thus says God in verse 22, I will in turn, I will take and set in the ground a slip from the lofty top of the cedar. I will pluck a tender twig from the tip of its crown. I will plant it on a tall, towering mountain. I will plant it in Israel's lofty highlands. It will bring forth boughs and produce branches and grow into a noble cedar. Suddenly God says something else. Suddenly the end of this chapter is a prophecy of restoration. And I would say that it's interesting, the contrast between what God will do on one hand and what the Babylonian king will do in the first half of the chapter. For the Babylonian king, he's willing to let the kingship of Israel exist, but in a lowly state. It will be a mamlachashifara, because it's subservient to the king of Babel. Subservient to the king of Babel means you're in a lowly state. But in the second part of it, where the parable refers not to the Babylonian king, but to the king, but to God. God, the Lord God. In this case, being subservient to the wrong God results not in being a lowly kingdom, but quite the opposite. I will plant it in the lofty highlands. It will produce branches and boughs. It will grow into a noble cedar. And every bird of every feather shall take shelter under it. It will shelter others. In the first part of the chapter, it's subservient to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar. By definition, it's lowly. But in the second half, it turns into a noble vine and provides a shelter for others. Every bird of every feather shall take shelter under it. So we have the Chida and the Mashal. It refers both to Babylon, but even more so to God, and the reversal at the end. But subservience to God results in the noble, the noble tree the tree that provides shelter to others.